Hey listeners, my name is Hope Lavender, and since we all have a story and it impacts how we relate and understand and navigate life, I wanted to take some time today to share my story with you all. The story of gratitude is not only inspiring, but it can also be empowering. Research has shown that taking time to share what we are grateful for has not only health benefits, but it can also leave us feeling encouraged when we think about all the reasons we have to be grateful despite the few things that try to bring down our day or even our lives. But before asking others to share their inspirational stories of gratitude despite the hardships that they face, I wanted to start with my own. My story begins in 1993 when I was adopted. My dad was unable to have kids and my mom wanted to adopt. Being a school teacher, she always had kids in her classroom and kind of got content with the idea of like, well, maybe these will just be my kids. Um, So in 1992, when Hurricane Andrew came through, I think it really just kind of shook their lives and they were able to get on the same page about adoption. Um, So they were able to have a few phone calls, went through all the adoption agency uh, procedures of checking the house and figuring out places to live. And with the hurricane coming through, they had to get a new house. So once they moved, they got a new house, and they got a couple of calls about options for adoption, but then when they finally said they had a girl, my mom was like, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) Um, So it was me, and they decided to adopt me at birth. I feel like they totally welcomed me into their family. I remember when they told me when I was around second grade that I was adopted, it was kind of like sounds good to me like it just was a reality check that if I hadn't had the family that I had I wouldn't have been in the school that I was in I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I had and I already felt so much love in the family that I was in it was kind of like a no no brainer that I was I had no complaints about that um, so the idea of adoption never felt strange to me I feel like other people tried to make me feel weird about it um, but I was always grateful just to have my parents. They loved me, they supported me, they pushed me academically. When it came to sports, like they always encouraged me to try new things and do my best. Um, I I definitely felt secure growing up because of them. And even even my grandparents (laughs) made sure to remind the other family members, like she's a part of our family, like don't ever think different. (laughs) So I'm just really thankful for all of my family, aunts, uncles. They show me so much love, despite kind of the non-traditional story of coming into a family. But as I got older, my dad got sick, and that was around 2007. He had had a series of hospital visits and all kinds of different things, like skin issues were happening that were indicating internal issues, and there became a time where he couldn't really keep his food down, and they were trying to figure out what it was, and he had been scheduled to go see a doctor for to look at his intestines and his stomach. And that same day, he had a mini stroke. And I remember being at my middle school, and my dad used to pick me up. And my mom gave me a call or, and was kind of like, hey, like your dad hasn't picked you up? Hmm, like, that doesn't sound right. So she came, and she picked me up from school, and she seemed kind of scared, you know, not sure of what she would see when we got home. And I remember her asking me to kind of stay downstairs kind of wait until she had the clear and I remember her going upstairs and kind of gasping you know and I didn't really know what was happening at the time but eventually she let me come upstairs and my dad had kind of been laid out on the floor 
and there was kind of like blood kind of on the carpet and we weren't sure what had happened but later we found out that it was a mini stroke and that my dad to describe my dad is like 6'3 at the time he was over 400 pounds and like we didn't know that because he was tall so we knew he was a big guy but we didn't think anything of it and what happened was when he fell he was trying to get up and he like ripped part of his skin and, and it caused the blood on the floor but he wasn't able to get to a telephone and so he kind of had laid there all day and I just remember like the blood marks on his arms kind of like from the blood getting circulated and just you know I was in seventh grade <laughs> just wasn't even sure if I'd see my dad go to my eighth grade prom you know the mind of a teenager the way that they would think oh prom <laughs> but then urgent the ambulance came and they took him on a stretcher downstairs and just from there it was kind of like a series of hospital visits and honestly it was from ER to ICU to pacemaker to his intestines were backed up and that was causing what seemed to keep him from keeping his food down and they had to drain all that and then they found out that there were some stints that needed to be put in. I, I wish I could even tell you guys in order <laughs> the series of events, but it all just kind of seemed like one thing after the next. And so I remember having a thought and talking to my mom and being like, hey mom, like if they put this pacemaker, like could his heart still stop? And lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, that's actually what happened. And his heart stopped and they had to um, kind of like resuscitate him for like 45 seconds, I think. And so it was just kind of like the seal kind of reality of like, man, I really don't know what's going to happen to my dad. And so it was a really hard stage in my life, not knowing if like my dad would really be there and how long he might live. And eventually um, he got out of ICU and that was a blessing in itself because I remember it even got to the point where he had like, I can't remember the term, but the tracheotomy, I think it is, when they have like the little place where they feed you in your throat. It was just a series of stuff. And it was hard, you know, going on Father's Day and, like, seeing all that and being a kid. Um, but, yeah, eventually he went into a nursing home. And after a series of surgeries, they're not very sure why, he was, like, paralyzed from the waist down. And so that was just really hard. It kind of felt like, man, I my dad came in and I thought he would leave. And next thing I know, there's more stuff. And now he's not leaving. But... You know, you kind of just adjust and adapt, and I kind of went through high school, you know, and I'd visit him at the nursing home. But, you know, kind of not having a dad in the home during, like, middle school years and high school years is really easy to kind of seek that attention from guys. And I used to try to look for relationships to feel that feel that fatherly gap, you know. Like, my mom did a phenomenal job of being strong during that time, but you still want to feel it with something else. So I, I sought it in relationships, and I dated this great guy named Mitchell, who <laughs> was one of my best friends at the time. He was like a brother to me, and he, um, we would laugh. We had a great time, and we decided, you know, we really want the same things in a relationship. We want to have a God-centered relationship, and uh, we decided to date. And about two months in, um, we started having deeper conversations about our spiritual beliefs, and he really challenged me to think, like, what does the Bible say, you know, and what does God really want? That was hard for me. I was very stubborn, very, like, self-righteous, thought I knew it all, even to the point where I wasn't really willing to examine it for myself. 
so we we wound up breaking up and uh, I was kind of like you know what I'm gonna take some time off from you know talking to guys just you know figure out what I love who like what I'm interested in and you know who I am and so I that was around my junior year of high school and went off to college at Syracuse University and it was really good for me not only just the atmosphere being on a college campus but also just having a lot of time to kind of figure out who I was you know when, I, when you're all by yourself and so I, I met some great people in the campus ministry there and through spending time with them I got to like visit all types of campus ministries in New York just different sister churches that they had and I just saw that there was so much more to life when I had a closer relationship with God I could see it in the way that they lived their lives the way they wanted to spend time together it just made no sense uh, so I wound up questioning it a little more and in August 9, 2013 I decided to really be committed to my relationship with God and um, got baptized and it kind of just kind of went up from there I eventually got into a study abroad program and got the chance to travel and I remember having a conversation with my dad this is 2013 and him reminding me like man hope you're gonna have a chance to see more countries than some people will ever see in their entire life it was so humbling it brought me to tears to be like man I'm so grateful for this opportunity um, I got to travel to Paris London Belgium Brussels Bruges Germany Italy Amsterdam multiple parts of Spain and and Turkey in Istanbul Turkey and this was all in a matter of just my junior year of college and I knew, I knew that it was a blessing. And so during my time in Madrid, Mitchell and I started working on our friendship again and decided to date in December of 2014. And as time progressed, we realized that we really made a great couple and we loved God and we loved people no matter what their story was. And fast forward, we got married on August 13th, 2016. It's been almost eight months since we've been married and he's been my best friend he's made me laugh he's made me <laughs> grow in so many good ways and he's helped me understand God's love in a more intimate way as well and I'm just so thankful for the way that he loves my family and the way I've come to love his family so it just kind of seems like a fairy tale of how that changed <laughs> from what we were at when I returned from Madrid, we were dating long distance, and I came back the first time, which was my fall semester of my junior year, I realized that walking through the Atlanta airport, nobody had known the experiences that I had gone through. Just four year, four months worth of places that I'd visited, and I wondered how many people in the airport had had similar stories, but just didn't have anyone to talk to them about it. And so it really challenged me to start asking, and learning about the places people had been, hardships that they had overcome, um, and just ask them like what encourages them to be grateful. I had always loved listening to people's stories growing up, especially my granddad when he used to talk about his like World War stories and my grandma um, asking her what she was grateful for and just different classmates that I had met along the way and hearing their stories and feeling so honored that they would even share those, you know, vulnerable moments with me, but leaving me so inspired to see the things they were accomplishing at this current stage in their life. And it honestly just motivated me to want to share them. I felt like it was a privilege to be able to hear these stories and it felt selfish to hold on to them and not allow other people to hear them. So that's what's inspired me to become the woman that I am today. And I'm 
so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the father figures that, you know, were there for me in, you know, those teenage years to give me guidance and, you know, kind of warn me from unhealthy relationships. And I'm grateful for a mom who, like, supported me to go to college and a dad that did the same. And that, that happened in my seventh grade year. And now I'm 23 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, God, you're so good to me. Like, my dad is still alive. He's got his memory back and he's, we can laugh about his days in college and the places he's traveled to. And my husband and him can bond over the fact that they went to the same university in their undergrad years. And it's just such a blessing to be able to go and talk and crack up with my dad. And when I go home and visit and, and even continue praying for him and praying for my family. And, and I'm so thankful for how they've handled these past few years of our lives because it definitely was a spin. And I'm thankful for the places that I've traveled. I think it's humbled me to see my own lifestyle differently and how I live my life and just realizing the things that really do matter. When you see people in other countries who live in a four, like live with four people in their house in less than 800 square feet of space, it's, it's sobering. And when you live off of a 50-pound suitcase for four months, you know, you really learn how to make it work. That's really been my story up until now. I'm so thankful for the chance to be in grad school now and still exploring, still traveling, really enjoying marriage at a young age, which is surprisingly not normal. And yet it's been so fun and alleviating and just freeing in a different way. So... I'm inspired to hear yours. I, I, I want to hear and want to share and encourage and challenge people to think about what they're grateful for. So this is what I intend to share. This is my story and I'm looking forward to hearing the stories that are to come.